This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Luke chapter 5, please, if you would turn there with me. Familiar passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 5, if you're there, we're going to start in verse number 1. And uh, we'll read down to verse number 11. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and washing, and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, the, uh, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all, and followed him. There is so much packed into those 11 verses. But I just want to emphasize one thought this morning that I'll get to momentarily. And I want it, to, I pray that it would, would be a challenge to us. You know, every time we hear the word of God preached or taught or we read it, um, it encourages us, has the potential to encourage us. It should encourage us, but it also challenges us. Uh, it reveals our hearts to us. And that's not always a pleasant sight, is it? But we need that, that revelation, that revealing from the Word of God and the mirror, if you will, of God's Word to, to see things the way God sees them. And that's what the Scriptures do for us. But we have one little statement in the text here that I believe the Lord would have us focus on this morning. And so I'd ask you to pray with me. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us, and we'll jump right in. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege to preach and for the trust of my pastor. We pray you'd, again, meet their needs and bless and use them. Lord, we need your presence. And there are, obviously, things that you're doing in and through our church that we marvel at and we're so grateful for, opportunities that you're giving us. Open doors of opportunity. 
And I pray that you would help us to be a diligent and sensitive church to those opportunities, those doors that you've opened, that you've said only you can open. Because they don't stay open forever. And so stir us this morning, we pray. May we exercise this wonderful gift of faith that you've given us as we continue to choose to go forward for your cause and for your kingdom. Please, I pray you'd help our minds and hearts to be focused upon you. May we hear you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God has given us a lot of opportunities. I've spoken to, I've lost, I think it's three, I think it's three or four, I know it's at least three or four different nursing home uh, facilities that are opening their doors freely for us to come in, to choose when we can come, how long we can stay, whatever we want to do. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing, that opportunity. Um, but as with any opportunity, there are, there's the need of people to fill that need. Got a great, great, great news from Mr. Schatz and those of you that are in the uh, college class that they've been working to get on the Lenore Ryan University and actually start a Bible study uh, on the, the university. And there's been some positives and some negatives, some ups and some downs, but finally got the word this week that the campus pastor, as they refer uh, to him, has given them a house on the property, of course the college owns, and to meet there and hold a Bible study every week. Great door of opportunity there. And Cassie has been helping with that and, and talking to the different ones. That, that's a great blessing. That's incredible. Other places have been trying for years, literally years, to get on the campus. And God has opened that door to us. There are people all around us who are very sensitive uh, to the gospel for, for whatever reason. It just seems that there are many people that are very sensitive to the gospel. Uh, I was at the Walmart supermarket on Monday, and I was going through there in a hurry trying to get a couple of things, trying not to kill people with the buggy or the shopping cart, whatever you want to call it. And so I took my buggy, and I was trying to get through there quick, and and uh, just saw someone, and, and, and she kind of looked at me like she thought she knew me, but I couldn't recall who she was, and I kept on going. I got my things. I came back, and she and her husband and kids were coming up the other aisle by that time, and I about ran into them. And I uh, stopped and, and looked at her, and as I was about to go away, she said, Pastor Odom? I turned around and said, my goodness, you look familiar, but I'm sorry. I just cannot recall. Your name, and she told me her name, Sarah. I said, oh, Sarah, I remember. She said, I came to your church when I pastored Lighthouse. She said, I came to your church when I was 11 years old. 18 years ago. 11 years old. And she said, um, she said this is my husband, introduced me to her husband. And, and she's got four children, but she had two of them with, them, uh, with her. And uh, so we got to chit-chat a little bit and ask about her mom and so forth. Her mom used to bring her and... When we first started the church, I mean, we were, we were in the basement room of a, of a building in downtown Hickory, and uh, you can't even get there from here. Uh, but it was, it was just such a small place, you just can't, it's just hard to find. 
And um, so anyway, that was quite a blessing to, to kind of touch base with her. We traded phone numbers, and that was on Monday. And uh, yesterday was our bus visitation, and, and Lee Curtis is uh, a new bus captain um, on the yellow route. And so we, we talked a little bit, drove around his, his area and talked about some things, and then we went to knock on some doors at a, at a local mobile home park. And I was, I was telling him that oftentimes as I, as I go, I'm, I'm going to park somewhere, and I'm looking for people who are outside first and just to strike up a conversation. And I said, well, there's one right there. So we parked and went and uh, walked over there to the, to the yard, and uh, it just so happened to be the husband of Sarah. And there was Sarah sitting on the front porch. I said, you know, you know God planned this. We didn't plan this. We didn't know you lived here. We'd been planning to come to this mobile home park now for two weeks. And, um, you know, God works in, in wonderful ways and opens up incredible doors. And we got to talking to him, and she said, well, my son would love to come to church tomorrow. And so Gage came this morning. And she was 11. Mom, Sarah, was 11 when she started coming. Guess how old her son is? 11 years old. Coming to church for the first time today. Glory to God. And a blessing. God opens up opportunities for us all the time. We just have to have a willingness to follow through on that. You know, these discipleship classes that we're having on these Wednesday nights, they're not going to last forever. You know, we're not planning on it unless that's what God wants. And uh, pastor's trying to just be very sensitive to the Lord. No doubt God has led in, in us having these, and they've already been a help to us in a great way. But it is a horrible thing to have an opportunity, to be able to take advantage of an opportunity and not take advantage of it. So much, you know, we read about people in history and we read about things that God did for these men and ladies through, throughout Christian history and their stands and all the different things that they did. And you know what? They would have never been able to see the power and the wisdom of God in the way that they saw it the way that it's communicated to us and the way that we read about it and get encouraged and fired up about it had they just not stepped out into the unknown and followed the Lord. And I believe God's people oftentimes, it's so easy for us to get away from that life of discomfort, yet that life of faith. And doing things that are uncomfortable but that we know God's dealing with us about. And I can't imagine how many opportunities I have missed to see God do something that only he could get the credit for. Peter had such an opportunity in chapter number 5, and we read it. Jesus is coming through, and he's preaching. He had just preached in the synagogues of Galilee, and now he's out on the, the shore, if you will, of, of the lake of Genesaret, and he stands to preach. The people want to hear the Word of God. They've got a hunger for it. They have a desire for it. I'm going to tell you something. You, many people may think that because we're in the South that people are gospel-hardened. Oh, they're not gospel-hardened. They just need somebody to take the gospel to them. The gospel is the hammer that can break it. The gospel is the power of God that can break through. And... Uh, they just need people that will stand and speak the Word of God. And so the Bible says that he stood upon the, 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 the lake there, and he's, he's preaching, and, and the crowds are coming. And, and to kind of give a little bit of distance between him and the crowds, he sees two ships. He jumps on 
Peter's ship, Simon Peter's boat, and just pushes away a little bit. The Bible says they thrust out a little from the land, and Jesus sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And then in verse number 4, when Jesus had finished speaking to the crowds, he told Simon to launch out into the deep and let down his nets for a, for a draft. Now, you can imagine that obviously Peter is wondering why uh, he was being asked to do this. And we often ask the same questions when the Lord asks us to trust Him and to, to do something for Him that may be out of our comfort zone. I mean, we ask the question, well, why? why? It, just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. While we know that that still small voice of the Holy Spirit of God is working in us and bringing that, that assurance that it's the right thing to do. So Peter could obey Jesus and launch out, and, or he could follow his own desires and follow his own logic and, and decline the opportunity. Had he declined, imagine what he would have missed. He would have missed not only a great draft of fishes, but he would have missed seeing the omnipotence of the Son of God as he stood in the presence of Peter. He would have never had that opportunity to bow to his knees and instead of calling him master, as he had a few verses prior, calling him Lord, recognizing who he is. So many things he would have missed and those who decline, those who don't follow through with opportunities find themselves in the, in the same place, doing the same thing, wanting something different, wanting something real, but unwilling to remove themselves from the confines of their comfort and to step out in obedience to God. And they never see change. It's just the same old, same old. I wonder how many people... I wonder how many of us this morning would classify our own Christianity as stagnant. You can't trust God and move forward by faith and remain stagnant. We can't go further in our Christian lives until we launch out. There's several things that take place when we launch out. We're never the same. Peter's our prime example here. It changed his person. Peter didn't know it, but his choice in that moment would be the pivotal point for the rest of his life. He would get to walk with Jesus as an apostle, as a disciple, get to hear him day in and day out for the next three years and more, uh, and, and, and get to be a part of seeing miraculous things that only God could get the credit for. And he got to see it all because of that one decision to trust God at his word, to trust the Lord. It changed his person, but not only that, it changed his potential. You see, when Peter decided to launch out, uh, notice the resulting miracle. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Peter understood in that moment that nothing was impossible with Christ. He could do anything. And what potential that gave Peter as he walked with the Lord Jesus. And the same is true for all who launch out at his word. We serve the same Jesus that spoke to Peter. He's got the same power that he did then. We have access to the same Word of God. As a matter of fact, we have access to the completed Word of God, a more sure Word than what Peter experienced and saw with his own eyes. And we have it. Changed his potential. We have the same promises of his faithfulness to back us when we follow him by faith. 
Jesus told Peter in verse 4 to launch out for a draft, a catching, a haul. Every time I go fishing, I'm looking for a draft. I rarely get them. Maybe I'm not fishing by faith. Sometimes I'm fishing on credit, throwing a hook out there and there's nothing on it. Get robbed. But what, what God promises, you and I understand that he always delivers. Hey, not only that, it also changed his purpose. Changed the whole direction of Peter's life. In verse number 10, Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He said, you walk with me, you will not, you'll, you'll no longer desire to catch fish. You'll want to catch men. You'll give the gospel and they'll respond and, and, and you'll catch them for my kingdom. Peter launched out and he was never the same. It changed his person. It changed his potential. It changed his purpose. And great things only happen only as we launch out in our service to the Lord. As we are led of the Spirit of God, as we are empowered by the Spirit of God, as we're filled by the Spirit of God, and we launch out. And if we don't, we become spiritually stagnant. But if we'll obey, we'll, we'll experience that same changed life, the, the newness of life, renewing our minds day by day. You know what? I don't think that the joy and the exuberance that you and I experienced when we put our faith in Jesus Christ was supposed to diminish after that day. I think it's supposed to increase and the excitement to continue to grow in us. Why did you have that excitement and that exuberance when you got saved? Because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You stepped out into something that you didn't know how it was going to turn out, but you took God at his word and he forgave your sin. The spirit of God indwelt you and you felt the joy and the burden lifted unlike you'd ever felt in your life before. People say, well, I, I want to continue to live that way. Well, if you want to continue to live that way, you're going to have to live by faith the same way you got that faith, and that's by stepping out and following the Lord. But did you notice where Jesus, to where Jesus said launch out? Into the what? The deep. Brother Brown's been given a wonderful opportunity to go to Northview Middle, and, and I believe God's going to open up more schools to him. He has just about unlimited access, correct me if I'm wrong, to the sports teams. He can be a part of their FCA. He can, be in their, he can meet with them every week. God has opened up that door. And I'm going to tell you, a, a, a couple that's excited about serving God is this couple because they are going forward. They're launching out, not only launching out, but into the deep. They don't know what's going to come of this. They don't know how long they're going to have to be able to go there. We're trusting that this is going to be a long-time ministry, not only to that school, but to, but to other schools in the area. And God knows we need to get the Word of God in our public schools. But we got a lot of schools around here. And there's only one, Troy Brown. Now he runs around here like he's four or five. Really, he's only half. That was horrible. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. I repent, Lord. If I had sackcloth and ashes, I'd use it. He's a blessing. And all these men that, that we get to work with, it's, 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 it's just amazing. If I could just talk about Jesse Winstead for a moment. Oh, but he's not here. I can't say bad things about him. Never mind. What a privilege we have. And we love the work. 
I think you know that. I think you see that. We love the work. But as we do it, we recognize there's so much more. So much more that needs to be done. Somebody's got to get in the deep. Somebody's got to decide to launch out. Somebody's got to decide to stop being comfortable. Get out in the deep water where God holds you up. Where God hangs on to you instead of you hanging on to the side. Some of you need to get out of the shallows and launch out. And I don't know what your deep is. Your deep may be news like Betty got. The potential of cancer in her throat. Now that's not set in stone and I'm praying and I hope you'll pray that that's not what it is. She felt like that through the CT scan that it was pretty sure. She's got a decision to make. Is she going to give in? Or is she going to trust God in the deep? Some of you struggle perhaps with your relationships. You've got to come out of the comfort zone. And Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself for it. Wives, be sure you reverence your husband. Some of you, God's been dealing with you about ministry. The longer you wait, the duller that call becomes. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we want to know answers, and, but have you realized yet in your life that when it's done by faith, you're never going to have all the answers that you want? The answers are not prerequisite to obedience. The answers only come as we obey one step at a time. Maybe your deep is a Bible study at where the, the place where you work. Maybe your deep is trying to just witness to somebody. But I know based on the authority of God's word that he never stops working in us to help us to grow. And if you're not growing, it's not on God's, it's not, on, it's not God's fault. And if your Christian life is stagnant, and listen, I've been there, but it wasn't God's fault that I was stagnant and dry. It was my fault. My eyes had gotten so cloudy with so many different things and pointing my fingers in so many different directions that I had lost sight of who was above it all and the promise that he could use it all for his glory and for good. Church, if Catawba County, if Hickory, North Carolina is going to see the true and the living God, They're not going to see it through our mere attempts in the power of the flesh and the knowledge of self to accomplish it. It's going to be done as we step out, as we launch out 
into the deep. Launching out in the deep implies several things. Let me give you these things this morning. And I can't see that clock. That's a good thing because it looks like it's awful late. I really can't see that. 11.15? All right. (laughs) Launching out to the deep. Let me give you five things real fast. Number one, it implies listening. When he said to Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep, it implies listening. Listening when he says launch out instead of waiting until later on. Peter didn't understand it, but he listened. He did it. And too many believers know what to be. Too many believers know what to do. And they intend on doing it, but never get around to it. Never get around to it. James 4, 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Those opportunities will not be there forever, and God will not always strive with you to try to get you to to get into the good life of living by faith and following Him. It implies listening. Number two, it implies letting. Letting go of your security and trusting in His safety. Listen, it's, look, there, it's just no bones about it. Sometimes it's just scary in the deep. I remember I wanted, when I first started to learn how to swim, and I liked the, the shallows, and I liked where my feet could touch down, and I liked where I could grab a hold of it and, and, and stay there. And I would even inch out to where that little rope with all those floaty things are were on it, and I'd grab a hold of that. Sometimes I'd even grab a hold of the rope, and it moved. But I looked over and I'd see all those kids jumping and diving and splashing and swimming and having a good time in the deep. And I wanted to get into the deep. I was scared. Had a good father. He didn't allow me to stay scared very long. He took me into the deep. I thank God that he didn't just throw me in. But he took me into the deep. He went with me. Your heavenly father is not talking about throwing you into the deep. He's talking about taking you in if you're willing to go. You just got to be willing to go. It's not about you hanging on. It's not about your security. It's not about about you being able to hang on to something. As a matter of fact, it's all about letting go. It's all about that and letting him hang on to you. So many people work to hang on to their salvation and realize you can't. You can't earn it. And when you get it, you can't hang on to it. Why? Because Jesus is hanging on to you. Even if you wanted to let go, he's still hanging on to you. Letting go of your security and trusting in his safety. My dad took me out into the deep and he, 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 he was right there close and he, he let me go for a little bit and I floundered and got scared and started gulping water and he grabbed me, held me up. Told me a few things, started flapping again and lo and behold, before long I was smiling, grinning. Having a good time. Sometimes the Lord takes us into the deep so that he can take away all of our securities that actually hold us back. We soon realize that we're hanging on to him and he's hanging on to us and the deep is a lot more exciting. It's a lot more fun. There are things that we get to see that we're excited about and be a part of. So when we're willing to follow Christ into the deep, into the, to the unfamiliar, scary waters, we have a closer fellowship with Him because we understand, hey, if I'm going to make it out here, I've got to depend on Him. When you're in the deep, your prayer life catapults in its intimacy with the Lord because you have to trust Him in the deep. You don't have to trust Him in the shallows. He doesn't even have to be at the pool. 
But if you want to live beyond that, and if you want to remove the, 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 uh, the life of being stagnant, and you want to live a life that God's intended for us to live, then it is not going to be out, uh, done outside of getting in the deep with Jesus. It implies letting. Number three, it implies leaving. Leaving our apathy to engage in action. Apathy. That is one of the worst sins of, 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 God, of God's children, I believe. Apathy. It just doesn't matter. Whatever will be, will be. That's not the spirit that we get in the Word of God. That's not the attitude that God has shown us in the Scriptures. Leaving our apathy to engage in action. To get into the deep, Peter had to pull up anchor. Perhaps he had to row. Maybe he had to hoist the sails. But it took effort on Peter's part. And perhaps our greatest obstacle in seeing the power of God in our own lives and in our own ministries as we try to, uh, uh, to, to reach out is our apathy. You know, we're willing to dabble a little bit in the service of God. We may even wade out a little bit into the, into the shallows with the Christian that's next to us. And maybe we feel a little bit better about ourselves because after all, he's, he's in two feet of water and you're in two, two feet one inch. You're a little deeper. And we compare ourselves among those who are around us, which Paul reminds us is not wise. We insist on staying near the shore. We don't want to get too far out. I mean, it's one thing to receive Jesus as your Savior. It's another thing to wholeheartedly follow Him as a disciple. It demands action. Leaving our comforts to engage in a deeper commitment. According to the Barna Group, three out of four Christians in the United States will share their faith only through lifestyle evangelism. Lifestyle evangelism totally leaves out the idea of speaking to people. I'm going to live it, they're going to see it, and get saved. But don't misunderstand me. Should you and I live it, yes or no? But we ought to live it so that people recognize it so that we can tell them about the glory of God, so that we can speak to them. That your works, uh, I just lost it, Matthew 5. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, the example that we have, thank you, the example that we have in Scripture, throughout Scripture, is of Jesus and his disciples speaking to one another about the gospel. Maybe that's your deep. It takes faith to be, uh, uh, to be willing to confront someone about their eternal destiny. But God has commissioned us to confront people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, listen, it's the gospel. The gospel is our lives. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's, we are made by the gospel as a result of being a believer. Our whole life it revolves around the gospel. You know Jesus Christ because of the gospel. We have the Holy Spirit available to us because of the gospel. We have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit teaching us His Word because of the gospel. We have opportunities to do the work of the Lord and greater works, He said, because of the gospel. We have heaven to look forward to because of the gospel. We have all things that pertain unto life and godliness because of the gospel. And then the gospel is the most important thing about our life, or at least it should be. 
We ought to live the gospel. And your deep may be speaking to someone about the gospel. Only 30%, less than one-third, which still surprises me, honestly, only 30% said they personally share the plan of salvation with someone else on a regular basis. How are, how are folks supposed to hear? How can they hear without a preacher? And we've been equipped as a church. We have every tool and facet and book and manual and encouragement and class. And we have everything. And there's an opportunity for you. You want to live the life, an exciting life? Start talking to people about Jesus. Start talking to G people about Jesus. Start telling people what he did for you. Number four, it implies leaning. Leaning on God's word instead of our own ways or our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. It implies leaning on God's sovereignty instead of self. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And initially, Peter's response was like uh, anything uh, when, when, when God speaks to us about those things and stirs our hearts about those things. Logic. Wait a minute, Master, we've toiled all night long. I mean, we've already done this, and there's no fish. I'll tell you what, I'm a fisherman. You're good at carpentry and speaking to people. You take care of that, and, and, and I'll take care of the fishing part. Sometimes we think that way. But no. Nevertheless, at thy word. Do you recognize when God's speaking to you through his word? It's a personal book to you and to me. Peter had already toiled all night. He knew his work. He was a master fisherman. What Jesus had asked Peter to do was contrary to everything that Peter felt and understood and experienced and was trained for. But he made a decision that changed his life Forever, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Whatever Jesus calls and stirs us to do, whether it's witnessing, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's forgiving someone, whether it's sacrificing self, it's going to be the exact opposite of what you understand in human reasoning. Because it's to be done by faith in his word. Lastly, number five, it implies learning. Learning that Jesus' ways always brings the greatest rewards. Always. 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 Peter got the draft of fishes, verse number six. He got to walk with Jesus, catching people for Jesus. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as you decide to launch out into the deep, whether it's sharing the gospel or giving of time and resources or humbling ourselves to, to serve. Listen, there's a, there's a soup kitchen that, uh, that needs people to come over and help, to come over and clean. You say, well, I don't, you know, anybody can clean. Yeah, but we're not going just to clean. We're going to give the gospel. We're looking for opportunities. But until we go, those opportunities often can't reveal themselves. And you can either be one who lives the exciting life of faith or one who insists on sitting on the dock 
Out in the deep water, we learn how to pray. We learn how to work. We learn how to trust. Those who launch out into the, into the deep learns, uh, learn quickly that God accomplishes great things with a life that's sacrificed and lived by faith. For without faith, it is what? Impossible, he said, to please him. Impossible. You think your works please God? No, your works and my works don't please him. But when we trust him and go by faith, that's what pleases him. That's what pleases him. So question for you this morning, are you out in the deep or are you still sitting on the dock? Do you even know the Jesus that the Bible is talking about? I don't mean you know about him, but I mean that you have surrendered your life to him. You understand that you are lost because of sin. You understand you cannot save yourself. Your church membership, your baptism, your experience in a car accident, none of that reveals to you that you've been saved. What it reveals to you and what God wants to use it to reveal to you is that you need to be saved. And the only way that you can be saved is to turn to Jesus. Repentance and faith. I turn from my unbelief, I turn from my wrong belief, I turn to believe on you, Lord Jesus, that you died for my sins, that you rose again to give me the gift of eternal life, and I put my faith in you. I'm launching out, I'm jumping off of the dock into the deep. Oh, how I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that you've not been truly born again, I pray that you'll launch out into the deep by faith and trust Jesus as your only hope for heaven. Because he's the only way you'll get there. Are you out in the deep or waiting in the shallows? Kind of waiting for something to happen. Yet God's opened that door. And all you have to do is walk through. Are you out in the deep or still hanging on to the side? Some of us just need to decide this morning before God. I'm not worried about what anybody else says or thinks. God has dealt with your heart about your deep. And I believe there are some who just need to commit to that deep. I believe that there are some this morning. You've been hurt. You've been dissatisfied. Things have gotten stagnant. Friend, you need to put that behind you. Get back into the exciting faith, exciting life of living by faith. If you can do it, then it's not God doing it. And I pray, I pray, I pray that our desire would be that God would do things through us that nobody could get credit for but Him. Nobody but Him. Maybe you should ask, if you don't know what your deep is, maybe you should ask God to give you an opportunity. There's so much to be done. And there's so many opportunities. And there are people that are in the deep. I mean, they're in. They're all in. And they're the most joyful people to be around. They're the most exciting people to be around. They get to see some of the most wonderful things. I don't know about you, but don't you want to be in the deep with Jesus? Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. 
That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.